dun 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 What on earth are you doing? Dateline, 18th of May, 2014, and it's episode 300. Yay! Yay! Well, good day, folks, and welcome to the Australia Desk, yes, for episode number 300. Congratulations, guys. I'd like to say we've been here for all 300, but I think we've been here for about 240 or 50 or something of them. Oh, I don't know, man. I think it feels longer than that, mostly because of the retakes, the cutouts, and remember all those ones that we did with the theme? They sure felt like more than just one seven or eight-minute segment. Oh, I still have flashbacks to those. Well, 300 episodes. I tell you what, since uh, the stats say that most podcasts tap out around six or seven episodes, I reckon uh, they've done pretty well here on the Airplane Geeks. Yep, yep. I think they're doing very well. Uh, so long as they don't tap out at six or seven years, onwards and upwards. Well, let's do something different this week, Grant. Let's talk about Qantas. Oh, no. I thought for the 300th we'd get away from Qantas. But no, we've given you guys a bit of a break for a few episodes. I mean, it's been a few weeks. We haven't talked about Qantas. So let's make up for it. <clears throat> They're going to offer redundancies to 747 and 767 pilots. Well, that's because very soon there won't be any 767s in the Qantas fleet. And uh, the way it's going, Grant, there won't be that many 747s left either. I think uh, by the time they've finished with their latest plan, there'll only be, I think, nine of them left. Uh, yeah. Most of the Qantas 747 fleet seem to be sitting over in the uh, in the desert at the bone. There. That's right, mate. They're winding them down. They're uh, going more for the A380s for the long-haul heavy routes, uh, the A330s for the long-haul lighter routes. They've got the 737s for domestic, and also on domestic, they've got some uh, A330s now that Jetstar's giving them up because, of course, Jetstar's getting the 787s. So it's an interesting bit of a mix. No more 767s. So they're offering redundancies to pilots, which is interesting because normally what would happen is that pilots would be upskilled and converted across to the new aircraft when they replace them. But clearly, these ones aren't really quite being replaced by as many as many aircraft or requiring as many crew, which is a, a bit of a sad thing for Qantas. Yeah, a lot of uh, Qantas pilots that are on uh, the long-haul uh, routes particularly, a lot of them are being offered uh, leave without pay to go and work at other airlines uh, or even Jetstar. A lot of them that I know of have gone across to Jetstar and, you know, taken uh, commands over there on Airbus aircraft and all that sort of thing, and I guess that's good for them. But, uh, you know, if they're looking for a short-term posting over there, I wonder now whether, uh, you know, perhaps those opportunities might be closing behind them. But uh, their union, the Australian and International Pilots Association, says in a quote here in australianaviation.com.au that they're now negotiating with the company to ensure the voluntary redundancies offered fairly reflect the typically long years of service uh, invested by Qantas pilots. And that's pretty true, Grant, I tell you, because uh, people that work there at Qantas, if you're a Qantas pilot, well, you know you're on a pretty good wicket. So uh, obviously they they want to make sure that uh, any redundancy payment uh, reflects that. And uh, fair enough, they've been doing the job a long time, a lot of those people. Yeah, well, I guess uh, to help pay those uh, redundancies, uh, that's possibly why Qantas and Emirates have added what's being referred to as a weekend departure surcharge. Yes, and in an interesting week of Qantas media spin, on the one hand, they're saying, uh, well, look, we're celebrating 60 years of Trans-Pacific Services. Isn't that wonderful? But uh, by the way, guys, um, from this weekend, (laughs) if you want to fly on a weekend, well, we're going to, you know, whack an extra $25 international surcharge for the privilege. So, you know, nothing like, uh, you know, they're saying that side of the business is uh, is suffering, and uh, yet here they are doing things like this to make it even more expensive and less competitive. Well, it's a, it's a wonderful thing, uh, but what I find interesting is that Emirates is doing it as well. Now, Emirates, of course, are laughing all the way to the bank because uh, since they linked up with Qantas, 
Qantas have effectively handed them almost all of their uh, international traffic that goes from places like, ooh, I don't know, Adelaide, Perth, Brisbane. <laughs> if, if you're not leaving from uh, Sydney or Melbourne, Qantas seem to want you to fly on Emirates and earn Qantas frequent flyer points on uh, Emirates aircraft. Yes, it's very, very odd. And uh, interestingly, uh, of course, it's been a week for political spin here with uh, you know the federal budget being handed down. So I'd say this uh, Qantas spokesman has been taking a leaf out of some of our politicians' books. He doesn't describe them as surcharges. In fact, he just says that they are, quote, unquote, commercial adjustments. So there we are. Nice nice work there, Qantas spokesman. <laughs> yeah, commercial adjustments. <laughs> and it's obviously they're uh, taking that leaf from the government because uh, it's not a tax. It's not a new tax. No, we haven't introduced new tax. It's a levy. <clears throat> so. Yeah, make sense of that if you can. I, I know that I can't. Anyway, Grant, uh, let's move on to uh, something else that, you know, Grant, if this ever happens, I'm going to say that I called it first. And I'll tell you why in just one minute. Uh, Australia uh, recently uh, committed, of course, to buying 72 of the F-35A models. Uh, that'll, they'll be coming on stream over the next decade or so. But you know, Grant, uh, down here in Melbourne uh, at the shipyards, uh, they've been building a couple of uh, landing helicopter docks and uh, they are very large ships uh, in the context of our Navy. And did you notice, Grant, they've got big ski ramps on the front of them? And I often wondered, uh, could they ever operate F-35Bs off of them? What do you think? Well, look, okay, uh, the main reason that those LHDs still have ski jumps on the front is because they're an integral part of the design. It's a Spanish design, and taking it out was going to cost too much. It was better just to leave it there. That said, uh, I believe the deck may be strong enough for them, but uh, in terms of resisting the heat, they may need upgrades to the decks. They uh, will pr- apparently need some new elevators, for, especially for weapons, um, weapons storage, more fuel storage, things like that. But that said, it's not impossible, and uh, I actually flew over the two of them on the weekend, the Canberra and the Adelaide, both in dock at uh, Williamtown. Canberra's been out for sea trials and has returned for um, more of its fitment. Adelaide's still being uh, put together. Quite impressive ships, I tell you. They're, they're bigger than the aircraft carrier we used to operate way back. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but uh, Grant, the interesting thing is that uh, Defence Minister David Johnson told the West Australian this week, their newspaper over there, that the government was considering buying the B model, which is uh, yeah. very, very interesting. Um, obviously, I guess, uh, you know, if, if that were to happen, those LHDs would need quite some upgrade. But uh, interesting to see that, uh, you know, they might be considering it. I don't know how they'd ever afford it, but, yeah, it'd be fantastic. Yeah. You'd be great. You know, the last uh, Navy fighter jets we operated here were uh, David Van Horst's favourite aircraft, the A4s. So that's, that's, that's going right. back. We haven't had an aircraft carrier here in Australia since about 1982, and that was the HMAS Melbourne, long since gone and scrapped. That's right, mate. But, uh, look, the government has considered many things, Uh so whether this comes true or not, uh, yeah, time will tell as ever. But if they've got any brains at all, they're going to hold off for as long as possible before making that commitment because I would like to see the F-35B complete all its trials. I want to see it in operation with the Marines uh, because, uh, mate, if anyone's going to pound the crud out of a system and make it work, it's the Marines. First in on the beachhead, they do really well at establishing all that. So if anyone's going to make the F-35B work, it'll be the Marines. Once we've established credibility and confirmed its operational parameters and that it's uh, living up to the uh, marketing hype, then I think it's probably time to put an order in if we're going to have it. And who knows, by then, the uh, unit price may have settled down a little. Yeah, let's hope so. Of course, uh, from my reading of it, the uh, the 
5B has probably been the problem child of, of that program. Uh, you know, yes. it seems they've had a lot of challenges with it. But, you know, I wouldn't be getting too excited about it yet. I think it's, uh, you know, the you know, basically the minister has said they're considering it. But, uh, you know, it's so many years away and that's so many potential changes of government and uh, defence minister away. Who knows what happens? But, you know, I'm just going to file it away there, Grant. And if it ever did happen, well, I'm going to claim I call it first, even if I didn't. How's that sound? Oh, are you just trying to get that uh, media ride somehow on a single seat combat? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I have a pilot's license and, you know, that, that really nice Canadian test pilot uh, for the F-35 said, you know, he was always telling us how easy they were to fly. So you never well, know, hey, Grant. You never I, know. I flew the simulator the other day in Canberra. I went up to Canberra, flew the simulator. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, screwed things up on takeoff and sort of thumped it on the landing. But hey, if even I could fly it, well, you know. Hey, anyone can. Well, there we go. There we go. Now, one more uh, story this week as we finish up. Uh, let's talk about uh, airport upgrades, Grant, and then not Sydney. Not Sydney, Grant. Uh, take a pick. Oh, There's plenty of other oh, capital cities oh, around Australia. Let's let, pick another one. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I was starting to get worried. Oh, I thought I was going to have to start foaming, foaming at the mouth over Sydney again. So let's talk Darwin. No, not quite, Darwin. No, in fact, uh, significantly further south, we're talking about Hobart. Of course, Hobart is the uh, capital city of uh, Tasmania, down there, way down to the south. And, uh, Grant, it looks like uh, they've been allocated $38 million over the next three years to extend their runway. Now, Hobart's a rather small city, even though it's a capital. So uh, this is this is good to see some uh, development going on down there. Yeah, well, our friend Eamon Hamilton is down there at the moment, and he's quite enjoying himself in Tasmania. I've heard a number of people say good things about it. Uh, apparently, you can even get around to flying balloons there, so. So uh, who knows, I may find myself in Tasmania one day. Yeah, well, uh, of course, this longer runway not only would allow things such as hot air balloons, presumably to land in a grant, but they're saying uh, <laughs> that it would enable aircraft such as a triple seven or even a fully laden A330 to uh, you know operate off there with a full payload the, of passengers uh, and uh, head off to Shanghai, uh, yes. you know, which is good because uh, you know Tasmania is uh, very reliant on its tourist industry and also on its uh, primary produce exports over to Asia. So uh, I guess the more capacity we can get in to move those sort of people in and those sort of goods out, uh, the better it's going to be for their economy down there. And yet another reason why people can come to Australia without having to do double hops to get down to Tassie. They can just go straight in, enjoy themselves and maybe think about going to the mainland. Yes, there is also Grant a uh, mention in here in this article in australianaviation.com.au that uh, meanwhile the government uh, says they'll spend $103 million to commence work on major road projects for the development of the second Sydney airport at Badgerys Creek. So, yeah, yeah, move along, move yeah, along. Yeah, there we go, there we go. Heard all this sort of stuff before. Well, I guess that's everything we have for you on this this week's Australia Desk for episode 300. And again, guys, a fantastic effort. And uh, we hope you'll put up with us for at least another one or two. Episodes or 100? Well, yeah, whichever, whichever. Depends on <laughs> depends on how tolerant they are, Grant. Oh, you better get on to editing this one down because if it goes much over eight minutes, we may not be allowed back. <laughs> oh, my goodness, we're in trouble already. Until next week, I'm Steve Vischer. And I am Grant wondering how you'd ever get a media ride in there, McCarran. Well, you know, I'm a skinny guy. Yeah, I reckon Vanderhoof's right. That puts you in the weapon bay. <laughs>